Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. The topic of digital transformation has been with us for many years now, with many organizations having varying degrees of success and implementation as they look to see how they can be more relevant in our modern technological era. With me today is Robin Speculon. He is a global pioneer and specialist in strategy and digital implementation. He has just written a new book called The World's Best Bank, a strategic guide to digital transformation, all about our very own DBS bank. Robin, good morning and welcome to Money FM Weekend Mornings. Good morning, Glenn, and thank you for the invitation and the opportunity to join you. Uh, it's great to have you with us, Robin. And uh, we'll we'll talk about a lot of topics today. But first off, why did you choose DBS? Well, that's one of the easiest questions. <laughs> the transformation under the stewardship of Piyush Gupta has been amazing. And Piyush and I were colleagues when we both worked in Citigroup in the late 90s. And I watched what he was doing with DBS, and I'd already, for my previous book, written a case study on them. And when we saw what was happening with the digital, I reached out to them and said, you know, it'd be wonderful to share the story of how you transformed, because you succeeded where less than one out of five other organizations fail. So what was it that they did right was what I wanted to find out. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Uh, first, give us, a, give us some kind of bare bones facts. How long has their digital transformation been going on in a measurable way at DBS? It started in 2014 when the leadership and the board recognized earlier than almost anyone else in their industry and other organizations that technology provided an opportunity to change banking from being a chore to being invisible. So back in 2014 was really when they they started their journey. Uh, which is quite amazing when you think about it, because uh, the idea of digital transformation has, for most organizations, has been a much more recent discussion mm-hmm. than that. Was, was Piyush Gupta the driving force behind that, or or was it a, a cultural shift? Uh, who who or what was responsible for that 2014 shift? It was. It shows and reflects the collaboration between the board and the senior leaders. One of the advantages for Piyush was that he comes from a technology background. So he was previously head of technology at City as one of his earlier roles. But also the leadership and the board recognized they saw what was happening in China at the time. And it's what they called the perfect storm. So they had the disruption of fintechs coming out of China, the rise of Antpay, for example, from Alibaba. They also saw the platform that new technology was creating. And also, if we cast our mind back, we were just coming out of the global financial crisis and people's confidence in banks were very low compared to today. So it was a mixture of different signals that the leadership and the board recognized and they picked up before almost any other bank in the world. We're in conversation with Robin Speculon, the specialist in digital implementation, author of the new book, The World's Best Bank, A Strategic Guide to Digital Implementation, Transformation, I should say, uh, all about DBS. And Robin, when DBS looked at their transformational journey, how did they decide what to do first and what order? And what were their key key pillars of change? Yeah, great question, because 
there's so many moving parts involved in a digital transformation. First of all, you have to understand what aspect of digital you want to address. Should we focus on blockchain or AI? Should we be using Internet of Things or predictive analytics? There's so many moving parts. And then not only understanding the digital, but also then transforming where you know, so many organizations struggle to change. And the leadership team anchored the whole transformation by calling it making banking joyful. Now, huh? what does that mean? Well, as I said earlier, they, want, they saw that many people considered banking a chore. And you know, in the olden, older days, we used to have to stand in a queue at the branch just to do a transaction, which of course now we all do on our phone. Yeah. So they've used the technology. So technology was one of the first anchors, but there were two other key areas, what we call the strategic principles that I focus on the inside the world's best bank. Great, what were they? The other, the other two I'll just mention briefly, Glenn, were being customer obsessed and looking at culture. Mm-hmm. And and let's talk about the culture, because oftentimes this is a real, uh, there, there's a lot of resistance to change uh, in in. Uh, big established organizations. I would assume banks are some of the worst when it comes to that uh, (laughs) because of their legacy systems and legacy ways of doing anything. How did they, first of all, how did they transform the culture? Uh, What specific things did they want to change and how did they affect that change? So of course, you're absolutely spot on. If you look at the top three reasons why digital transformation fails, One of those is culture. The other two are around leadership and the amount of things that need to change. So the bank engaged everyone and making banking joyful became an aligning purpose, what we call a digital purpose within Mm. the bank that was like tattooed on everybody's forehead. (laughs) When I, I had two years exclusive access into the bank, And when I talked to different people, nobody mentioned the strategy because it was just embedded. And the strategy gave a a unified approach, not uniform, but unified in that everybody understood what needed to be done. And then they focused on what we call in the book, the ABCDE approach. And DBS looked at the agility, becoming a learning organization, customer obsessed, focusing on data and experimenting. And it was a mixture of those five areas that helped them transform the culture. We're talking with Robin Speculon, the specialist in digital implementation and strategy. Uh, Just wrote the book about DBS, the world's best bank, and their digital transformation. Robin, you talked about the strategy being baked into uh, the culture. What were some of the words, what were the terminologies, the, the key messages that management was giving to their staff at that time uh, around um, around this change? How did they phrase it and talk about it? So many leaders know that it's so difficult to change the culture. And one of the things is, for example, the leaders, as we, it's an old expression, but it's as true today as it was yesterday, you need to lead by example. Mm-hmm. So one of my uh, stories, you know, that, from DBS, it's one of the most enjoyable, was on Piyush's third day when he joined the bank, he walked into his own office and his secretary stood up and said, good morning, Mr. Gupta, CEO. And the old culture of DBS 
was that you not only called senior leaders by their surname, but you also stated their title. And Piyush turned to the secretary and said, if you ever do that again, you're fired. <laughs> now, that story reverberated around the organization, and that was 10 years ago. But it reflects that in the opening of the world's best bank, I talk about initially how the first strategy focusing on Asia helped prepare the groundwork. And then when they implemented making banking joyful, everyone from the CEO down to throughout the whole organization understood and was aligned behind the digital purpose. And everyone understood what the principles and what needed to be done. Just out of curiosity, what did he want people to call him? I'm sorry, say again, Guy? Just out of curiosity, if he didn't want the title and the, and the surname, what did he want people to call him? So the critical question becomes, what do you need to do to implement the strategy? Now, obviously, depending where you're sitting, that, that has different focus. So, for example, in the consumer bank, they looked at the pain points. And a key focus across the bank was what are the pain points in banking? And many of us know there are many. So an early example was they introduced the SMS queuing. So instead of having to wait in a long line at the branch. And also another thing they did was they introduced something called Smart Buddy. And the consumer bank identified that for parents, one of the frustrations in the morning is when your children say, mommy, daddy, well, when we're not in lockdown, I need money, lunch money, and you're scrambling around to find. So they introduced a digital payment system that was a free watch for school, school children. The bank got the, the hawkers, the, the food stalls here in Singapore on board, as well as the schools and the parents. But the wonderful thing I like about this story that I share in the book, Glenn, is not only did we shift children to using digital payment so they got used to it, we also reduced the sugar intake of children across Singapore because we're now able to analyze what our children eat for lunch. Ah. And instead of just asking them, you can see whether they chose an apple or the French fries. Right, right. Oh, that's that's very interesting. And uh, it, just in the interest of full disclosure, I do have a DBS corporate account uh, that I've had for years. And uh, <laughs> um, I have to say, I've had bank corporate accounts with two other banks in Singapore, and I left both of them because people had told me DBS was was good. And and. Just from my own personal experience, I have to concur with that. Wonderful. But, but I am not unbiased. So um, <laughs> not I just want to, from a journalistic point of view, I just want people to know I don't have stock in DBS, but I do have a, an account with them. Uh, and I have, seen, I have seen that ease of use. Um, there, there, it hasn't always been perfect. There are certainly things that I think, uh, little, you know, uh, things around the working using the website, the what they call the ideal website, which is one of their products. Uh, but generally speaking, it's been always been very easy, and customer service has always been spot on. And this idea of joyfulness around the customer experience is very hard, especially in financial services. Uh, and fintech industries because of all the regulation that is around banks. How did DBS get around uh, so much top-heavy regulation, especially in Singapore with the MAS and others, uh, to to make these changes, to make it more of, as you call it, a joyful experience? So it focuses where today in DBS, to resolve anything, they use customer journey mapping. 
And this is the default approach now that's completely embedded in the culture and also reinforces what you asked earlier, but what did they want people to do different? So in the past, we tend to say, okay, what does MAS, our central bank, want? Or what, does, what do we think customers want? But they reversed the psychology. Now every discussion starts with what are the customer pain points and what is the job to be done for the customer? And this is how they, this is what they built inside the bank. And what I explain in the book is that this then helped them overcome. And where there were, for example, issues with regulations, like you're, you're asking, they addressed them. They, they would reach out to MES and MES have been very supportive mm. in recognizing that the whole banking in Singapore has evolved. And, you know, DBS have not just, you know, improved the bank, but they've really started to revolutionize banking as we know it. Wow, that's that's uh, that's that's quite a statement. I mean, to, to be able to say that that somebody has not just been reactive to the environment they're in, but is actually active in changing that environment um, is remarkable. Absolutely. And, and this is why they've become the world's best bank and been recognized as it for the last three years running. And why I was able to use the title for the book, because they, they didn't copy other banks. They benchmarked against leading technology companies around the world. And for example, today, they have more engineers in the bank than they do bankers. So they very much transformed the whole organization. Let's let's talk a little bit about that title, the world's best bank. How how is that defined? How how can that be said in an era where there are a lot of great banks all over the world? What are the metrics that are used to 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 use yeah, that title to identify? So, in the banking world, we have the equivalent of the Oscars, and DBS was the first bank in 2018 to hold the three most prestigious awards in banking. It would be the equivalent of being best director, best actor, and best movie. And they were the first bank in the world to simultaneously over 12 months hold all three and the first Asian bank to to achieve it obviously as well. So that was the recognition. And two years prior to that, they were also recognized as early as 2016 as the best digital bank in the world. Mm -hmm. So they continue to be recognized and awarded for the work that they are doing. Very interesting. Uh, as, as you look forward and take this experience and, and think about other organizations, whether they're in the banking industry or outside, what are the lessons that you as a strategist and consultant uh, in, in digital implementation, uh, what are the lessons that we learn from DBS that are easily transportable to other companies, other industries? Great question, Glenn, because so many leaders are involved in digital transformation. So I've written the book as a strategic guide and it's not a novel where you need to go through every page, but you can focus on picking up the key lessons. So there are hard-won insights and best practices that I share, and there are numerous throughout. So, for example, you know, for the leaders today, one of the things for many leaders in digital is we have to go back to school. So you have to be open to learning, you know, for example, you know, how to do machine learning or how to do coding such as Python. But another thing is also the way you lead. So the DBS leadership changed the way they ran the organization. 
because in a digital transformation, it comes from the ground up. You have people running hackathons, design thinking, customer journeys, doing the data analysis. And when you go to a meeting, you're not going to tell people what you need done. You're going to find out what's happening. So it's very much a transformation, not just in the culture, but also in the way we lead organizations today in order to be successful. Uh, many companies have, are already well along on their digital transformation journey. Some have done better than others. Uh, but when you talk about this idea of you know, user-centric, uh, customer-centric journeys and looking at the journey mapping, uh, all of that, of course, is second nature to, to many organizations. They get that. They understand that. And agencies that are helping them do that. Um, and then you talk about hackathons and some of the other tools that are used to get these insights. For, a, for an MNC, a multinational, these are very attainable. These are very you know, doable things with budgets and people. But when you get down to the SME level, arguably places that need transformation more than any others to survive in our environment, how, how does an SME, uh, what, what lessons are there for the SME if from DES? Yeah. If you're smaller, if you're, if you're 100 people or, or 50 people or less in your organization. So the most critical question is identifying what does digitalization mean to your organization? But I'd also go back up and say, it's easy to think about adopting the different approaches, but the challenge is making sure the whole organization is working in the same direction. And I'll give you an example. I was working with a bank in South Africa and they were struggling. And one of the initial problems I found was when they came together to do a design thinking, they all had different measures and goals. Mm. And because there was no alignment in the measures, everyone had different objectives. So they were conflicting rather than complementing each other in the meetings. So one thing, yes, it's easy to identify what to do, but to create that unified approach with a strong purpose is what's challenging, whether you're a small or medium or large organization. And that's you know, where people struggle. It's understanding how you bring everything together, which is why the book, Glenn, takes you through and it shows every department, every part of an organization transforming from traditional to becoming digitally driven. That's uh, a fascinating topic, and, and the fact that you've used uh, the, one of the world leaders in their transformational journey as, uh, as the background for it uh, and the foreground for the book. And it was I a delight is... researching them and writing about it. Yeah. Now, the book, uh, tell us more about the book, when it will come out, where it will be available. Uh, thank you. The, the book comes out on June the 30th, and it's available in Singapore from worlds-best-bank.com. And for those in Singapore, if you order directly from there, you're going to get the upgraded uh, colored version from and signed by myself. Nice. And then, of course, it's available on all the other platforms that you'd expect. And also, just after that, you know, not only the ebook, but the audio book will be coming out as well for those who prefer. But very much looking forward to World's Best Bank coming out on June the 30th, because it's been a two and a half year journey from when I first approached the bank to write the book. Wow. Robin Speculon, specialist in strategy and digital implementation. Thank you so much for being with us on Money FM Weekend Mornings. Good luck. Thank you, Glenn, for the opportunity. It's been a delight. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.